This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Homestay Radio. My name is Chris Hambling and I'm your host today as we celebrate another famous victory at Anfield. It's getting to be quite the habit, isn't it? 2-1 today, Christian Benteke with both the goals after Philip Coutinho hit a free kick to open the scoring. Uh, we'll be giving plenty of reaction to the win, but also we want to hear from you today. Go to holradio.net forward slash contact for all the ways to get in touch. There's the chat room, holradio.net forward slash chat. And of course, you can tweet us at HOL Radio. And if you're listening on Facebook, you can comment live on the show. Uh, we'll be back after this short message. Homesdale Radio, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Okay, let me introduce my panel today. We have Patrick O'Connor. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, Patrick. Very happy man today, I believe. Very, 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 very happy. We also have another happy camper. It's Dr. Kernas. Hello, one. <laughs> he sounds happy, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. When you're happy, you're sort of less gangster. Have you noticed that? Am I? Yeah. I never try to be gangster. I know, but I just know. every now and then it sneaks out, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't try to be gangs, anyways. Oh, looking forward. It's a hugely positive result today, but I'm looking forward to you and Patrick needlessly arguing anyway. So that's uh, <laughs> can't literally can't wait. <laughs> so there'll be plenty, to, plenty to talk about today. We've also coming up. Obviously, got your four word reviews as well. Uh, if you don't want to get in touch, we've got Patrick. Hopefully, lurking in the chat room. If anyone's made it, uh, made it over there. Uh, also, DR is supposed to be monitoring Facebook to see if we get some comments there. But since there's only two of my uh, my presenting team with me today, because uh, Albert was called away on secret top secret film business, you know, like his real job. So um, we're a little light today, but that means I get more of an opportunity to rant about my opinions as well. Which, to be honest with you, I'm absolutely delighted about. Um, I want to start, if I may, before we get into the sort of main body of the show is just sort of just to give some reaction uh, from Sam Allardyce, just his comments um, reported on the, the Palace Twitter. 
Uh, he said from he said I thought we were from start to finish exceptionally good tactically. With limited possession, we exposed their weaknesses. Christian's in great goal-scoring form at the moment, but he's never stopped getting in the right positions. Uh, we can go a goal or two down, and we still don't think we're going to get beaten. We've got the mental resilience to see us through. And gents, if I can take us into the the review of the match on one of the points he made there, which was we got it tactically right. So the setup, obviously, we're missing Sacco, uh, which we will talk about in a, in a moment in terms of you know something that had people worried um, before the before the start of the game. But the, the setup was it was a little tweak to it. Uh, Tompkins came back in. Obviously, Schlupp was kept his place ahead um, ahead of Patrick Van Arnholt. But uh, instead of having sort of Townsend and, and uh, Zaha in and around Benteke, these the, the the wide players kind of well, Patrick they stayed they stayed wide they stayed with the fullbacks and it was actually Kabai who spent most of the game being the nearest player to Benteke. Interesting tweak, and you can you can see why with the way Liverpool play. Yeah, it's a uh, it's again I'll say it again. It's technically astute by Allardyce. It's really smart. Um, my thing about Kabai is that. He's become the player I knew that we signed that we didn't see for a year and a half. And to see Allardyce do things like today, where he tweaked the system to play him higher up and closer to Benteke, it was really, I mean, you know, you see it in the goals he scored, obviously, but set up, set up the goals he set up for Benteke. But just, again, just really tactically aware of, you know, the, the issues that Liverpool give you are Coutinho, Firmino, that centre midfield is just so effective with the way they move the ball around that to have... To move that little, to make that little change was really, really smart on Allardyce's part, and it really helped us stay in the game. Uh, uh, Dio, did you see? Obviously, the, the impact of that was. Uh, I mean, Townsend had a, had a pretty decent game, but Zaha was a little quiet. Is that the impact of actually playing to Liverpool's system, and that Zaha's main job was was supporting the fullback? Yeah, but Zaha normally does support the fullback in most games. I just think it was just an off day for him, unfortunately, but. Regardless of that, we were tactically spot on. I have to agree with Patrick. Uh, Aladar set up brilliantly. They couldn't get through and they had to keep playing it wide. And with the fullbacks going back in defence, they just couldn't get through. And we were spot on and it was absolutely brilliant. And obviously, we um, we we sort of on this show, we we tried, to, you know, obviously we've we talked personally. I, I, I talked a lot about my, my fears of Allardyce coming to the club and whether it was short termism or not. Um, I, I, to be fair to me, look, I, you know, I hold my hands up and I've called myself fickle because you know I'm very much in the I love Sam Allardyce camp now. But uh, but you know, I, and I talked. I did say I did think he'll he'll keep us up, and and um, but it's, I was more concerned with what's the long term effect of of the players that he would sign and would he ever actually build a legacy at the club. Well, putting that that aside. What we're seeing now is 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 um really I suppose Patrick I'm talking about the the difference between our previous manager Alan Pardew and and Sam Allardyce and how we are, we've approached games this season. Now you could say in Pardew's best spell we were making the best use of the players that we've got. Did is this more evidence that Pardew really just lost his way in terms of using the squad at its at its strengths rather than because uh, you know he got carried away trying to play a different type of football? Yeah. Um couple of things, Chris. Um, I tweeted today and I'll say it now. Allardyce is far and away better than both Pulis and Pardew and what he's done with the team players that he's had. The job that he's done to turn this thing around is outweighs what Pulis did and Pardew. And he's playing better football. So that's the first thing. Um, just just put it out there for the record. Uh, yesterday um, was um, England Day over here. They celebrate St. George's Day a day early. So I spent the day with our former of this parish, Will Block, 
um, in Manhattan. We were talking about Allardyce, and I'll go on record and say that I was also not a fan of Allardyce. And I'll say the reason why, basically. It was, it was basically, honestly, it was based on that panorama thing about him with the bungs. I know a lot come out of that, and it wasn't necessarily just him, but I just thought I had a bad taste about it. England thing didn't bother me as much. I think I was really a setup, and I felt bad for him. But watching him now as a manager, he's been brilliant. I mean, look at what Pardew said yesterday. I was basically this morning. He blamed our poor form on losing our left back solely on that. And I agree that losing Soy was a big deal. But look what Allardyce did. He noticed that we need another fullback. He bought two. He knew yeah. we needed more defensive uh, uh, players. He bought Saka when he bought Milivojevic in. He needed a defensive holding midfielder. Milivojevic has been brilliant. He pushed Kabai forward, named punch in the captain, gets Saha and Townsend to play well and gets Benteke scoring goals. I mean, that's, it's, it's, the job he's done is absolutely amazing. Again, I'll say again, I was not a big fan, but I am such a big fan now because of what he does. And even yeah. today, like with the subs, to bring on, and I called the Delaney for Kabai, brilliant. Bring on Ben Anholt for Zaha was limping was brilliant because, again, he respects the point slash points and we got the point. And he just, he, besides, you know, Sadhad, which I'll put down to us being tied, he's been absolutely superb for the last, even from Boomer, for the last three months. He's been absolutely superb as a manager. I am in total shock but I'll give the man full credit. He's been absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's you know, like you say, it's important to give to give credit where it's due, and it is absolutely due. Dr, you were you were one of those who actually was you did you didn't stress any kind of real concerns over the appointment of Allardyce. Do you feel vindicated that it was a positive appointment there? Yeah, I do. I was I was the few that wanted Allardyce in the club. I know some people didn't uh, want Allardyce because of his past with what happened where he was in a in his English duty about the agent agent problems and giving money away and I understand them people as well but I wasn't too bothered about that because back before we had other dice we was in a really really bad situation so I didn't care who we had <laughs> so we needed we needed other dice I don't care if he's gave money away or something if he's a fraud and yeah he's come out good look at us we're beating top six sides where we're partial we're losing to Swansea um, <laughs> horribly yeah. that's what that's the difference yeah, no, absolutely right. Is that is the difference? And um, I say I've, I get a lot of people messaging me and saying, "Oh, how do you feel about Allardyce now?" I'm like, I, I, "Fine, <laughs> I'm really happy. I'm a Palace fan. Of course, I'm happy." Or you know, it's, it is. It's about wins at the end of the day. It's, well, you know, we talked last week the whole thing about respect the point and all this kind of stuff. But you know, for fans and and for players, I think that's probably most importantly for players. Wins make all the difference. If and, and, you know, the fact that we're going out and we're beating top six teams um, and they don't know what to do. And we, we're doing it a little bit like Leicester did last year. You know, we're, we're finishing the season strongly. I'm not saying next season we're going to win the league, but, you know, let's not rule it out at this stage. Um, but no, in all honesty, it's, it's been superb. But going back to the game, um, I, I felt really nervous before. I really I, I did. And, and I thought the way we started kind of, again, that kind of vindicated my nerves because... It was pretty clear we were, we were taking that um, that model that we, we put together against Chelsea and Arsenal of surrendering possession and, and trying to hit on the break, which was absolutely right to do. But it wasn't until I noticed that tactical sort of tweak that I that I relaxed a bit. But you know, Liverpool started well and they, and they just sort of built up this pressure and got to around sort of twenty minutes. We didn't really have anything holding you know anyone holding the ball upfield. Liverpool were targeting the fullbacks and, and pinning our, our wingers back and all this kind of stuff. And I just thought eventually it's going to tell um, and, and the first thing I picked out was was actually initially I was sort of really concerned about Schlupp's side of, of the pitch but uh, then it was 
Patrick, it was the it was the sort of clearances. And actually, this was a feature of the whole game. And maybe I'm being a little bit harsh, but our clearances seemed rushed. Um, in particular, Ward got put under a lot of pressure early early doors, and it was either you know kicking the ball way too far, or, or, or you know putting us in danger, putting us under pressure. And it was kind of that which which built up to the free kick for the goal. Um, what is? I don't, I don't know really what the answer is because obviously we were under the cosh, but. You know those clearances, those rush clearances. Were they a concern for you at that stage? They were, Chris, and and, and like you, I was a bit concerned. But we don't have a lot of options. You know, the only other option is to put it into the crowd because you know we're obviously relying on putting it up to Benteke to then hold the ball up to bring in either Townsend or Zaha into the play, or to get the ball wider where Zaha and Townsend pick up the ball. So it's it's like a catch twenty two. You either you even you know put out to touch for a throw in, or you basically just hoof it up and hope that. And those three got on the ball, so I was concerned because obviously every time we did that, it came right back to us, and that yeah. shows by the percentages of the seventy-two percent possession that Liverpool had. But it was a tactic I think we were comfortable with doing. I really think that um, the manager basically said to us, "We're going to." We, I mean, we've done that. We did it. You're right against Chelsea, so it's not we weren't familiar with doing that kind of a tactic, and yeah. and and it worked out. But again, I I wasn't as concerned because I've seen it three or four times before and it worked. So from that makes that I was a little bit more comfortable with it. I see, see what you mean about it working, but I mean, obviously. Um, you know, it, it does. It relieves pressure um, to a point. It gets the ball out of the danger area. But like you said, it also it brings that pressure on us. And, and dear, right. part of that pressure led to um, led to a, a silly foul. Would you say from Luka Milivojevic on uh, on Coutinho? It was it was a very silly foul. I don't know why he went in like that. Thought he would do better and not rush in and give away a silly free kick. You know, Coutinho, he's brilliant on free kicks. So I'm pretty sure Allardyce would have said that before. Don't give away silly fouls. And we just gave a silly foul and it cost us, unfortunately. And that was one of Lucas' mistakes, rare mistakes that we've seen since he joined. But it happens with every player, even the best players do mistakes. Yeah, you know, and, and you've got to say that obviously Emilio Vojevic has been fantastic for us. Um, and I suppose Patrick, it was a, it was you know he's got quick feet, Coutinho. He has he has just done him a bit there, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean honestly, I mean we can call it silly, but what else is he going to do? I mean again, I, I'll always say when I when we play Liverpool, three players because their feet are so good that you're going to give up free kicks in situation like that, regardless. And I don't care who it is. And I think what Milivojevic was trying to send a message to Coutinho, but again, it was in a position where. You know, it, I mean, it really wasn't that close, but it was in a position no. where it's straight on the goal and you're kind of worried about it. But you're saying to yourself, he's about 30 yards out. You know, what's he going to do? And then he does what he did, what he does. So Yeah, that was my initial thought when I saw it. I was like, oh, I can't give those away. And I looked at right. that's 35 yards. Come <laughs> exactly. On. Come exactly. on, it's fine. This is the new Wayne as well. He's a, he's a stone lighter. He can spring this way and that way. We'll be all right. <laughs> we'll be okay, yeah. But... You know, as he lights it up, I've actually, I actually started writing my notes and I saw, like, you know, Coutinho, free kick, 23 minutes, 35, 35 yards out. And I actually started writing the words over the wall, beyond Hennessy, before we actually went in. Uh, just just to try and sort of uh, play toy with fate. So you can potentially blame me for that one. Sorry. <laughs> um, but let, let's talk about the positioning of the goalkeeper. I'll start with you, DR, on this. Um, look, let's, it's not getting away from it. It's a brilliant free kick. Okay, The technique to get the ball up and down from there, you know, to hit the side netting with it, which is what he did. Uh, he, you know, he always knew where he wanted to put that ball. So let's not take anything away from what was a, a very well-struck free kick from an absolutely superb player with fantastic technical skill. But when you see Hennessy line up the way he did, he, he's got to be too far over to the to the 
to his side, if you like, hasn't he, surely? Too far, too far, way too far. I don't know why he went all the way towards the left side of the post. He literally left a gap open for Coutinho. If that went, as soon as that ball went over the wall, it was going in. It was absolutely going. He couldn't save that. I don't know why he positioned, positioned himself like that. Recently, he's been really good for us, but it's just one-off mistake as well. But it's a really poor mistake from NEC, and I expected him to do better. So, um, Patrick, I know, you, I know you want to take this up from here, really. So, I mean, first of all, I'll, I'll say my bit. Um, you know, I think when, when you've got a free kick that's closer in, right, that's when the wall comes into play a bit more. Because a keeper, when it's closed, hasn't really got time to move the whole way across the goal or anything like that, right? He's limited to how far he can move. So he's got to use the wall in a position where it's too close for the the, the attacker to get the ball up and over the wall with enough pace and power to beat him, unless you've got absolutely amazing technique and you, and you get it absolutely perfectly. Generally speaking, you know, you will stand very much to one side with a close-up free kick. With a free kick that's a bit further out, in my view, and again, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not a goalkeeper. I've not been coached as a goalkeeper, but it just logically states that you've you've got that bit more time, you've got that bit more, you know, that that opportunity to kind of cover both both areas. You know, let's say you're, you're not going to get beaten by a sort of low sort of central shot in that position, so you, you may as well stand that, you know, even a couple of steps that far, that far over. And this sounds very familiar about the, the sort of things we've said about Wayne Hennessy before. Yeah, um, I. First, let me just state that we've got the most free kicks, direct free kicks of, of any side in the Premier League besides Everton. We're both going up three. Uh, first, my memory, I think it was Lukaku, obviously, the Everton match. I think Sigerson, right, um, Dio? And then this one? Uh, yeah. Right, so those three. So, again, um, full disclosure, I'm not going to I'm not going to slate Hennessy. I'm going to just state some facts. I'm not quite sure, Chris, why he's so far left. Because, as Dio said, he, listen, he's not saving a free kick from where he is. So... That, that's and it's a great free kick it's in the side panel but where he's standing he's basically saying to the wall you've got to cover nine tenths of the goal i'll cover the other one tenth which makes yeah. no sense you know what i mean i don't understand yeah, yeah. so if with as, as as tall as he is if he takes a step and a half more to his right he now has a chance to get there now again maybe he doesn't save it we all know about the hennessy shuffle but where he is he, he's basically saying to continue and i think uh I'd mentioned, I saw it too. Milner points to that side of the goal. He kind of tricks Hennessy to think he's going outside. But having said that, you can't get a trick like that. You're giving him nowhere to go that side. You're giving him way too much of the goal to go for. Like like DR said, you get the ball over the wall, it's going in. It doesn't matter if it's the middle of the goal or we're in the side panel. He's never saving it. So if he just cheats a little bit more and not even cheats, just plays more central, he's got a chance. But again, having said that, that particular figure he's not going to save. Now, yeah. people have argued about your wall jumping. Again, that far away, the wall doesn't jump. Now, Lukaku's goal against Mandanda, remember, Mandanda um, told the wall not to jump, apparently. Well, that's what they said, you know, that's what the team was supposed to do. So they did, or Delaney said he held, held them down. Well, that one, you want him to jump, it's a little closer. But from that far, you don't expect the guy to score from that far when, when if you set up the wall properly and the goalie, he's got a better chance. But again, having said that, it's a great free kick. I'm just really upset. I'm not upset. I'm disappointed in um, Hennessy's position on that free kick. Yeah, this, it, it, felt, it felt a cheap way to... Uh... To sort of concede, really. It, exactly. And that's a strange way of saying it because, because like I say, it was a quality free kick. But yeah. it just felt like we'd handed the initiative to Liverpool when we didn't really need to. You know, we I wanted them to work for their goal, not to to get a you know a, a you know a slightly silly foul in the middle of the park and then smash it in from thirty five yards. You're kind of like, oh, that's that's I've done all the work that we've done up to that point. You know, and we'd, we'd had twenty hard minutes of 
and repelling their attacks and frustrating them and building a bit of frustration in the crowd and all this kind of stuff. You kind of like, oh, but this is a different palace now, isn't it? And we come back when we go go down, which is we'll get onto in a moment. But Patrick, anything in the chat room you want to come to? Yeah, going back a little bit, um, King B, Mr. O'Connor and Hambo admit Allardyce. Oh, it's scrolled up. I hate that. Hold on, sorry. <laughs> I hate that. Oh, I know it refreshes that chat room. You know, it does it all the time. It's so annoying. You sound like an idiot, but it's not you. It's the chat not room. You. Exactly. I was such, it was such a good comment too, because about us two, I think it would be okay. Gosh, so... He was basically just pointing out that we... Should I go on Facebook? No, no. Mr. Oh, got it. Mr. Why not, mate? <laughs> I got it. I got it. Uh, James O'Keefe said, uh, we have a new goalie coach. Why And why didn't the wall jump uh, for the free kick for Coutinho's? And Dan Simmons has always also said, seriously, it's not a great free kick. Uh, right, going, back, going back to the I'm sorry. Uh, I've got... Uh, Booted Eagle makes a very good point. As I felt, it was a great strike that couldn't be stopped. I agree. His criticism... Although soft was leveled at Luca for the free kick, and again we discussed that part, so that, that's 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 very true. Uh, and John McCormick eight says true, and he's a class act. But Sam may have other players in. Oh, I'm sorry. This goes back to um getting Sacco. Uh, King B said we need him for whether it's twenty million or thirty million. And King B John McCormick responds true, and he's a class act. But Sam may have other players in mind. The key thing for me is the club and support was back the manager. And again we just spoke. Chris and I just spoke about how you know we turned around on and how great of job he's done. So fair play to the manager. Yeah, absolutely right there. Uh, there's a few things to pick out uh, from, from your contact. Keep that coming and really do appreciate all of you who get in touch today. Um, the, the the wall jumping situation, me and Nick, uh, Nick Philpott were arguing during the game and <laughs> after the game. And to be fair, we're continually continuing to argue over it. Uh, it's been lots and lots of sending each other pictures of the ball and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is it's good. It's healthy. <laughs> to be honest, when, when the argument got to its height, both two occasions, it got really, you know, really niggly. That's when we scored. So we're taking credit for the win as well. <laughs> there you um, go. But no, uh, I, you know, I was being a bit bloody minded in the chat because, you know, that's that's what I'm like off air. But on air, I'm a much more reasonable person. Um, and I completely understand why people are saying that, because when you look at the, the head on strike, it kind of looks like the ball goes between, I think it's Kelly and Tompkins in the wall. It goes be- almost between their heads, it looks like. It does, exactly. But when you actually look at the proper angle of it, the ball's height when it's actually going over the wall. And there's, I, I, took, I took a picture of it earlier to sort of show, because you've got Benteke who turns his head to the ball as it goes over the wall. So you right. can kind of use him as a, as a means of judging the depth. And when you actually look where the ball goes over the wall, it's a good foot and a half, you know, <laughs> over the over the head. Of the wall. Yeah, unless you've got springs on your feet, which I'm pretty sure the when they check the bottom of your boots before you run on the pitch, they'll spot those. So, <laughs> yeah, it's probably, probably not going to get there. And it's also... At an, at, you'd have to jump at an angle also while you're linking arms sort of with people in a wall also while there's two Liverpool players it's like you know the, the, the whole wall thing for me is completely out of the equation it, it, it wouldn't have had an effect yes you know it would have been nice to see him dump I get dump oh, that's a totally different thing don't cut that Mikey so it's a, anyway um, uh, DR quick help uh, with the wall uh, it could, you could also blame Hennessy for not jumping because I don't Hennessy must have told the players not to jump. I wouldn't understand why the wall wouldn't jump if the goalkeeper hasn't said it. Because recently, after, especially after the uh, Lukaku goal, which went under the wall, from then on, Hennessy has had the responsibility to tell the wall to jump or not to jump. So I guess it was Hennessy's decision uh, to tell the ball not to jump. So you could blame it on him as well. But it happens. I guess that's he just got confused and yeah. he must have... 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's by margins, and I, again, I like. I, I wouldn't focus on it. Uh, I'm just getting over the fact of saying the word dump instead of jump. All right. I mean, I'm slightly childish, so I really want to laugh about it, but but I'll get over it. I'm okay. Um, oh dear. So look, no, seriously, it, it it's you know it in the context of the game, we went ahead and we won, and won the game, so it's not something that we need to to dwell on, um, you know, and, and sort of ang- get sort of angst about it. But it was a, in the moment of the game, it was a frustrating moment because it did feel, as I said, it, it felt cheap. But look. And Chris, did, yeah, let me point out one thing. That was the only shot on target the entire match. Was it really? That's why we went over it so much. That was the only shot on target was that was that one goal. So that told you how what we're talking about there. That's why how important it was and was not at the same time. Yeah. One shot on target they had out of fourteen shots in total. There Amazing. you go, and that, and that tells you, yeah, that tells you the job that, that the Palace team exactly. as, as exactly. a whole did. Considering the amount of the ball that they had for them to be restricted to that. Very very impressive. And look, we didn't we didn't wake up immediately after that goal. It was uh, I sort of think going into the sort of half hour mark. Uh, Townsend and, and who was on the left at the time and Schlupp were sort of continuously caught wandering. And Firmino seemed to be invisible and just was constantly finding space out on, out on, the, on Liverpool's right our left. And uh, that was that was frustrating the hell out of me. But uh, again, there was another change there where Wilf and uh, Townsend swapped and swapped for the whole game. So. Obviously, that's come from the sidelines, doesn't it, Patrick? So further evidence of, of spotting the danger and making a change at an important point of the game. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's interesting because um, I didn't watch a lot of the game, but I saw a little bit of the Chelsea match yesterday. They talk about how Conte's always talking to the players on what to do. And I find that's the same exact thing that we're getting out of um, Sammy Lee and Allardyce. I think when, we, when they first got there, I don't know if you guys remember, people complained about Allardyce never got out of his chair. He'd always slumped down in his chair. And people were like, yeah. just get up and start saying something, you know, do something. But now you see, uh, and even at, towards the end of the match, he's always up talking, pointing, yelling, telling players what to do. And I think it's a huge difference in their demeanour from the beginning when they took over. I guess they wanted to get to know the players a little bit more, obviously. And then to see that, and again, you're right, they were very much like gesticulating and telling the players what to do and where to move. And it really helped with Wolf being on the same side as um, Ward. I thought that really solidified that side. And then Townsend and um, Schlupp kind of came into the game a little bit more. I thought, you know, again, for me, no, by the way, Chris, finds those pockets of space so well. He's very hard to track down. It's Dwight, such a good player. And I think you just, you're right in pointing that out because that's a really good point. And it was frustrating to see that. But we did were able to kind of negate that with Milivojevic, I think, kind of plugging some spaces in the middle too, by the way. Yeah, that yeah that, you're right. Absolutely did happen. And, and, you know, Klein had to get forward quite a lot to support Firmino and, and try and yep. sort of take the attention away from him. So that that had an effect for a while. But, you know, even that, Wilf did a great job in, in, in keeping... Well, Klein and Wilf had a good little battle going, didn't they? I think both kind of defensively won won their battles. Wilf won it, you know, in terms of Klein getting forward, and uh, and Klein won it in terms of Wilf getting forward. But uh, you know, interesting sort of angle on that battle, really. Not one I was expecting to see, but um, but very very positive nonetheless. But so we, we, we're going into sort of the latter part of the half now, and I want to take a, uh, pick out another moment uh, for you, Dr. If I may, it was uh, Benteke got a yellow card for a dive. Now, I'll, I'll give my comment on it after but what did you think i think it was a ridiculous decision i don't know what the referee saw there he must have i think he said ben ticket dived what's how did he dive you could clearly see there was a contact from behind to ben Teke. so it was a very poor decision by the ref to give a yellow card and all game even after the game i was looking at ben Teke and he kept going to the ref saying it was not a dive i didn't dive i didn't dive 
uh, because stuff like this, it carries on, even with Wilf. When someone says, uh, when the referee gives yellow card for diving, it continues on to the next game, and they don't get decision- decisions. Yeah. So, it's, it's, that's why it, it was ludicrous to give that, and hopefully it doesn't damage Bentica's reputation, because he doesn't dive. So, let's apart, wait and apart see. Apart against us, when he dives. But... I was going to yeah. say, Chris, because <laughs> that's the one thing I've always had against Bentica, but that that, that foul or non-foul to me on uh, by Delaney on him last year, it really bothered me because I don't care when but says Delaney shouldn't have dived, but there's no way that was a foul. And um, I agree with you, DR. You want him to get labelled as a as a diver but today, but I thought I still I still think back to that penalty and I'm so upset because that was that was bad last year. It was really bad. <laughs> it was. But what what it really got it really got to me this that yellow card, to be honest. It was good that we scored so quickly afterwards, because I was just I mean, that, I saw Wilf and and Benteke talking to the ref continuously, as, as Dio was saying. He was constantly saying, "I didn't, I didn't die. What, what are you doing? Why are you booking me?" Uh, because that can cost. Because you know, all it takes is for Benteke to have, you know, one late challenge, as strikers often do, and, and you know, he's off the pitch. Exactly. It's not just about like reputation. That's yeah, exactly. It's our, you know, it's you know, it was our, it's our survival at, at risk at the time. We're thinking, you know, what? And I just. What happened was he did get there was contact. Now it wasn't a penalty. I mean, you could you've seen him given, but it wasn't a penalty. But more to the point, Benteke wasn't claiming it. If effectively what was happening is he's got a yellow card for falling over. You know, did he, he didn't turn around, put his hands up, and scream foul? He didn't. No one screamed anything. The referee exactly. just saw him fall and immediately ran over to him, booked him. Absolutely bizarre decision, really was. But fortunately. You know, it didn't cost us. And what we saw later on, the goal, it actually, I was initially was going to start talking about it from the, from the ball that Ward played forward. But I've been watching it back a few times since. It, it's really quite impressive. It starts quite far up the field with punching, um, sort of coming back inside and, and, and really battling for the ball. You know, he's got two Liverpool players on him. He uses his strength and he, he did this all day. Punching was excellent today. Uh, in terms of being really busy, and he and he looks a hell of a lot sharper than he has of late as well. He, you know, he seems really on his game at the moment, and um, he, he just used his strength, pushed himself away, and just knocked the ball back into a. I think it was into Milivojevic, who then knocked it back to Tompkins, and Tompkins did a wonderful crossfield pass over to Ward. Now, it's quite weird because, and again, I, don't, I always sound like I'm going after Ward because I'm probably not. You know, he's played every minute of the of. of you know, our Premier League games, so I've got a lot of respect for Joel Ward. He's a very, very good player, but he almost doesn't quite get the touch right <laughs> when he gets the ball from Tompkins. And Liverpool close him down, and he has a split second to make the decision. And it's a great decision that he makes, because Kabai's making a great run um, alongside Townsend. Uh, and the ball sort of goes over, and, and, and Kabai's put in down the right, basically. Fantastic run, and what a fantastic... Just an absolutely fabulous cross to the back post. And Benteke does what he's been doing of late and makes absolutely zero mistake with the finish. It was a fantastic move and a great goal, Patrick. Yeah, the two things I, I want to point out, Chris, what you said, uh, Kabai picks up his head and he sees uh, Benteke make that run. And if he misses Benteke, Will's behind him. And Benteke could easily have played the ball over the bar. So for him to have that composure to keep it on net and to score was brilliant. It was, it was a really well put together move. And again... Credit to Kabai again. He's become the player I, I thought we signed a year and a half ago. And Benteke had just come on leaps and bounds as far as a, uh, a scorer. It, I still laugh, and I hate, you know, I'm not a I told you so person, but people were killing this guy at the beginning of the year. He, he's lazy, he doesn't work hard enough, he's not good enough. And I would say to myself, 
Are you talking about the same player that I've seen destroy us when he played for Villa and scored this ridiculous goal for Liverpool last year and who's an international player? The guy is a class player. He just needs to play in the right system and get the service. And he's been proven that he's just that. He's been absolutely brilliant for us this year. And that was a really good finish, I thought. Yeah, at a very uh, important time. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. It was, it was vital. We grew up before half time as well. Yeah. And obviously yeah. had a chance directly after as well. But what was, I mean, going back to your point again, we, you know, I defended him quite you know, vehemently on this show. I was criticised for just how <laughs> vehement I was with my defence of him. But Again, you know, I'd lie if I'm saying I'm not feeling a bit smug over it, but there was a point to make it that the way, certainly toward the end of, of Pardew's reign and, and, and the start of, of Sam Allardyce's reign, it was it was difficult to see, you know, the, the positives at times in, in, in a lot of things at Palace, and Benteke was one of those. Agree. And people were quite rightly going, we spent 30 million quid on this player. Our record signing, he's an international strike. All the reasons we say he's a great player, they say, well, that's why isn't he scoring? And it, it's breathtakingly simple when you look at it. You know, it's we weren't playing to his strengths. You know, and, and when you, game after game after game, the team isn't playing to your strengths, when you're, you know, you're the, the, the front man, you're the, the target, you're, you know, you're the, you're, you're the main man at the team, basically. That's what he is. He's our biggest signing. He's 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 the guy who scores the goals. That's what he always. Even when we were playing well, when he wasn't scoring, he wasn't happy. That's what he's all about. And so people were quite rightly sort of saying, "Well, have we really got value for money there?" But that always happens with a player who's who's cost a lot as well. It always, right. You always get people questioning it. And uh, any 
And Chris, I'm sorry, before you go to the chat room real quick, um, another important thing is that he's not a one-trick pony. People will talk about his heading ability, but go back to the goal he scored against Courtois, the class it took for him to fake the keeper and then chip it over him. And then today's goal, left-footed, you know, uh, half-folly. I mean, the guys can score in the box different kinds of goals. He's, he's just a... He's a natural born goal scorer he really is he just he's that i mean i i can't i can't praise him enough he's so so good absolutely right and it, it's i mean what as we say 16 goals it's i think it's the best return since aj um in the premier league i think that's taken him above chris armstrong or maybe chris armstrong's got one more premier league goal i thought he had got 15 i'm not sure i'd have to look it up terence would know just like that you know it breaks my heart that I don't. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> D, are you ever had any doubts over Benteke? Uh, no, I haven't had any doubts. Yeah, you, in the start of the season, you could argue that maybe he wasn't scoring as much goals as we hoped for, but he scored in vital games for us against Middlesbrough. He scored to, you know, he's he's been a vital player for us this season, even when he hasn't been scoring. Um, I wouldn't really blame it on Benteke, but the system because he just he was left isolated most of the times and he couldn't do much. Uh, he's not the type of player to be running past fifty the, the whole team. And when he's in front of the goal, he can finish. And look yeah. now, he's yeah. we're playing right in front of the goal instead of the halfway line, and he just slots it in and he's scored thirteen goals for us in this season in the Premier League and money worth uh, money well spent. Yeah, fourteen in the Premier League. Fourteen. Yeah. yeah oh. Two in the two in the cup. That's sixteen this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, brilliant. And, you know, all of a sudden, yeah, like you say, it's definitely seems money well spent. Although well, I know it also feels weird saying that it's essentially just under two million pounds a goal, which doesn't <laughs> seem crazy. But in, in the, well worth the, the it. Money, well worth yeah, it. in the money that, that's going around the game these days, that is money well spent indeed. Um. So, yeah, so we, we basically got ourselves to half time. As I said before, Christian Berteke had another chance just after that. Some great work by Punchin. A couple of little step overs, Ronaldo esque. And then sort of uh, chipped the ball into Berteke, took it on his chest. Uh, just didn't quite get enough power on the uh, on the shot. Otherwise, that would have been 2 1 up before half time. Um, but went into half time, really, really happy. The goal, you know, obviously waking Palace up as an attacking force. But still worried, still had really, really. Big concerns over the movement of, uh, of Liverpool. Anyway, uh, Patrick, before we get to the second half, chat room stuff. Um, again, you can join the chat room at hrradio.net forward slash chat. And there's a discussion in there about our squad for next year. I'll skip over that for a bit. But Boot Eagles, going back to the uh, decision on Benteke, said position by the ref, and we agree with that. Um, Boot Eagle again mentions punches improved considerably under Allardyce. I'm waiting for his first goal this season. Spuds might. Watch out on Wednesday. Um, um, and Hilaire mentioned again, never a dive, terrible decision, really pissed me off. Uh, and there's some discussion there about just keeping the squad together for next season. We'll talk about that later on. But going to that, um, just really, I want to just jump on Boot Eagle said about punching. Um, the goals haven't come, Chris. And I know people have commented about that last goal, obviously, was the cup final goal. But I will say again, if it was not for punching, we would have got relegated our first two years. He was brilliant. Goals that he scored were so important. But this year, I've found, since he became captain, his overall leadership and play has become he's, a, he's actually become a different type of play he's not no longer that creative goal scoring player he's a leader and we talked about how yeah. Jednak's leadership was missing he's picked up the, the, the baton for me so well like even today he was saying he I saw him win about five six headers I mean he can't be more than five eleven six foot tall he's winning headers in the middle of midfield he works so hard five eight is he? I've got to say, right, he's not that tall, that's my mm. point, but he, he did such a great job today, just stuff you would expect him to do. I mean, again, the goals aren't there, but the leadership and the winning and the drive is there. 
and you can't put a price on that. It's like putting price on goals. You can't put a price on a guy who just leads the squad. He's been a tremendous leader, and I, I, I love the way he's been playing under under Allardyce. It's been brilliant. Yeah, it's been it's been great to see his reaction to being made captain, and, and like you say, he's become a different player. Um, yes, he has. You know, yeah, he's transformed himself. Um, but what, what was good today was I, I felt he was particularly good at just taking on, as you say, leading by example. I suppose is probably the best way of putting it. In that he, he saw how at times we had nothing really holding the ball in the in the final third, and it was him who, you know, Kabai was the furthest forward of the midfield, but but yep. Punch made plenty of of runs out into the right, wide areas, yep. didn't yep. he? Uh, particularly when you know one of Townsend or, or Zaha had been pinned back tracking the runs of the fullbacks. It was punch who'd go into those areas and start an attack and, and get on the board. It, that's the type of thing that wins your games when you're when you're able to manage the game on the pitch uh, in in the way that punch was showing in the understanding the, the spaces that were being left that and the way we had to exploit them. It, you know, it's, it's a great thing to pick out, Patrick. For the you know the fact that he has has moved on and changed. Dr, you you know we we talked a lot about punching before. Your concerns over his, his lack of a right foot and all that kind of stuff. But, <laughs> but we won't get into that argument. But, uh, but you impressed at the moment? Yeah, I'm very impressed. I have to say, I, I was wrong about punching along. I f- when I, f- I focus more on him whoa, whoa, now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Say that again, sorry. Repeat that again. Sorry, I didn't hear you. No, nah, I'm not going to repeat that again. You heard me right. <laughs> yeah, but I have to say, it's not. I, when I was criticising him, he was playing a different role to what he is now. Uh, Kabai has moved into his role. Uh, so he's he doesn't have to get the assist in my opinion. Like uh, what he's doing is he's controlling the midfield and he's giving a ball and spilling it to Kabai. And uh, what he's doing is brilliant. Uh, even though he doesn't get assist and the goals, he still I think is very uh, valuable playing midfield. And yeah, I've criticised him, but I have to say he's been brilliant for us uh, lately. And I'll say, Dia, how good is Punchin? <laughs> that's that's a wise a wise words of Joe. <laughs> exactly, we love Joe. So um, we we have oh, we've we've got excited and we're not even into the second half and we're on eight eight thirty seven pm. We're supposed to end after an hour. Um, <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to steam through a few bits of the second half. Uh, then we'll get some forward reviews and come back and talk about the major talking points. Anything you want us to, sc- to discuss today, tweet at, at HOL Radio or tell Patrick in the chat room or DR on Facebook. Uh, so second half, I'll quickly take this through some bits. Schlup, uh, Schlup uh, just kind of did the, the, the first thing. There's no subs at half-time. Kind of the first sort of thing of, of note. He managed to sort of run through the entire Liverpool defence. Uh, won the corner and it eventually came to nothing. But it was good to see some sort of forward momentum from Schlupp, who really grew into the game and, and played very, very well. I think Nick Philpott in the chat we had earlier on was saying that he felt it was his best game for Palace, and I'd probably go along with that. He, not, not at first, I was worried at first, but as the game went on, he just he just grew in confidence, which was good to see, and a good battle between him and, and Patrick Van Arnholt for that left-back spot, which is what you want, competition for places. But the pressure did build, and uh, Coutinho sort of walked through everyone. Uh, got a tackle from I think it was Milovojevic who caught him and he didn't fall over and thought he could go and go on and score which there's a lot of talk about on social media and there's a lot of talk about it on the Premier League game uh, uh, match review on Sky uh, and Tompkins got in with a last gasp block in a part of some, you know, another part of superb defending from him he was excellent all game uh, very very quick on that one Patrick uh, Coutinho goes down after that first challenge it's a penalty really isn't it 
it is, and you've got to give him credit for being an honest player because, again, most players would have gone down, but he was kept his balance of trying to create an opportunity to score. But uh, everybody, even the, the, the people over here on the on the uh, commentary were saying, had he, got, had he gone down, it's definitely a penalty. So uh, even though Mr. Grizzle in the chat room says, I think it was Kelly on Coutinho, good decision, ref, with a little smiley face. So, again... <laughs> um, Again, if he goes down, it's a penalty. But thankfully, um, he kept his balance and was again on, on his play. You got to give credit for that because you know, Dion. We talked about Benteke about you know the, the so-called you know the the dive he took in the first half. But again, uh, a lot of players will go down on contact, and certain players, but certain players don't unless they lose the balance. I think Will's one of those players who's you know it's fifty-fifty sometimes whether you think he went down or not. But again, for him to stay up on his feet like that was uh, was an honest move. I got to give Coutinho and uh, a lot of credit for that. It's very easy to give him credit, Dior, isn't it? When uh, when it resulted in us winning the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was it was brilliant. You know, Tompkins and uh, Saka this season has been brilliant. Put the line, uh, put the body on the lines. It saves us many points, I think, yeah. especially against Chelsea and Arsenal. Every game, every game that they played together, they put the bodies on the line, saved us. And yeah, it was it, we were lucky that continuity didn't fall down because if he did, that would hundred percent be a penalty. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you mentioned that the central defenders there. Well, that's our first topic of discussion uh, when we come back after the four-word reviews. But let's just finish off uh, talking about the second half, first of all. Uh, so Klein got a good cross in early on. There was a header from Coutinho that actually hit Origi and went harmlessly into Wayne Hennessy's hands. So, you know, when he lucks her in, and it certainly was. Uh, Firmino was still causing trouble down the left. Got Luca got booked for a late foul on Emre Chan, which uh, I was worried that we'd see him sent off fairly soon. And, end up losing the game those are all the sort of things I've been writing in my notes uh, and up to 65 minutes so I said as much as it's all Liverpool being an attack being the attacking force and Palace seeing very little meaningful possession it looks like we can break on them and more importantly on 65 minutes the frustration of the home crowd is growing and that's always a good sign for Palace so uh, th- uh, we had a really really big chance for Kabai a moment later uh, Benteke sort of hooked the ball over his head and Kabai hit it over and I thought that was our moment and I think the bench did too when you saw their reaction but it wasn't too long after that that uh, this was the moment I mentioned it pre-show and then stopped myself talking about it DR but I was talking to you but 75 minutes Townsend goes down the right and Benteke is free in the middle and I, and I start like this I'm going pass it Pass, pass it. it. Pass right. it. Pass right. it. Pass right. it. Right. 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 Use your right foot. Use your damn right foot. You. <laughs> yeah. And I was. I, I'll be honest. I was effing and blinding at that TV. So <laughs> I caught myself a little bit. I thought, right. Yeah. Calm down, Chris. Calm down. Uh, and it was obviously from that corner we scored. But, <laughs> but you can kind of appreciate the, the, the main. <laughs> um, what do we think of that goal in DR? It, it was. Uh, it was. Boom. I'm going to summarise it as this. It was a rubbish corner that ended up bouncing onto the head of Ben Tegge. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, you have to say it was really, really poor defending by Liverpool. Emery Jan first had, it seemed like he was marking Ben Tegge. And then afterwards, he just let him go and Ben Tegge would just open. and He just managed to fall through to him. Uh, he just slotted it in brilliantly. But you have to admit, it was a bit lucky there because it was just absolutely shocking defending from Liverpool. But it happened, so I'll take it. We won. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You've got to take advantage of these moments. Um, Patrick, are you convinced it was, was as bad as me and DR saying, or do you think it was just a moment of genius from Townsend who just knew the exact place to put the ball? No, it was... Um, I mean, that's the, that's why I had helped the entire the entire match. I mean, Liverpool's def, def, defending is awful, so you knew you'd get a chance or two. Um, you know, during the match, we, held, we only had... We had seven shots, three on 
target we scored two goals so again we were very efficient in our finishing but again I always thought we'd get another chance to score Chris and again, I just think that was absolutely awful you can't allow a, a, a striker to, to bend down and head a ball into the net that was pathetic um, defending by uh, Liverpool but thank you we take yeah. it thank you very much we appreciate yeah, it cheers guys thanks for that, yeah, cheers for that. <laughs> um, so after that it was just there was a lot of substitutions made Wilf uh, went off as you say he was hobbling um, but uh but he put Patrick Van Arnhout on, I was just like, okay, well, Schlupp will go left wing and, and play the same place that, that Wilf was, and, and Van Arnhout will stay. But he didn't. And go left, but he didn't. And then I thought, why are we playing two left backs? Exactly. <laughs> they were no both strength. playing at left back. Exactly. I've never seen anyone do that. I've never seen any team have two left backs. Respect the playing at left back. Tactical <laughs> genius. You know, you look over the other side. Once, once Delaney came on the pitch as well, you had. You had sort of Townsend and Ward playing right back. You had the two <laughs> left backs, three centre backs. <laughs> what is going on here? Uh, I've literally, in my notes, it just says, uh, not sure of the system. Uh, we're time wasting after eight, eight minutes, still not sure of the system. Exactly. 82 minutes, Delaney's on. Now I've got no hope of working out what the system is. 84 <laughs> minutes, Liverpool thrown on midfielders for defenders to set up a tense finish. No idea who's playing where. Uh, and then it was only when. Uh, I just start to relax a bit when uh, I've got Campbell coming on and Christian Benzaki got a sort of standing ovation. Uh, the Liverpool fans started streaming out in 89 minutes. And I thought 69, six minutes added on, clock time. Then we had Wayne Hennessy flat, which nearly killed me, but we won't dwell on that. Um, they chucked everyone up as a striker. But my favourite moment was just before the 96th minute, Hennessy smashes a, a free kick long to the touchline where Allardyce has been pointed at Campbell. The touch from Campbell. <laughs> just plucks it out of the air. Just like, we love you, Frazier. We love it. It just Frasier. runs into the corner. You know, that that guy, <laughs> he's been he's <laughs> pretending. Because if he's got that kind of ability, what he's you know, he should be challenging Benteco for his place. He absolutely exquisite touch that was. You know, but it just shows you everyone plays their part. That that you know, that ran out a couple of minutes just by the fact he was able to control a sort of sixty five, seventy yard smash from Hennessy directly at him. And he just just took it down with a brilliant touch around the game. Down, everyone contributes. Really positive stuff. Loved it. And Chris, you know the important thing is, you know, what you just said is so funny with your notes, and it's very. I was I felt the same way watching it. But the players are what they're doing, and so does the manager. You know, it does look frenetic if you're just watching. But I can guarantee you because I remember Topkin saying that about how well he drills the defenders, not Pudis like, but like drills them as part of a whole unit. And um, um, one of the great phrases I love for Allardyce is how we play out of possession. The players know where to play. So even though we had, you're right, we had two right backs, two left backs, three centre halves, um, a couple of midfielders and a striker. They knew what they were doing, you know, and it frustrated the heck out of, of Liverpool because, again, they had one shot on target the entire match. So there were a couple of times we saw Tompkins on body, even though he maybe got hurt and he's limping at the. I mean, what a what heroic by Tompkins, by the way, to get hurt, go off and then end up playing centre forward because he couldn't run but didn't come off the field. That was just brilliant. And again, everyone played their part. And I think that's the thing I'm going to point to as an Allardyce legacy. You can't say about Pudis, you can't really say that about Pardew, but Allardyce's teams, they all know what they're doing, they all play a part. It's been absolutely fantastic, this run, fantastic. Now, there you go, that's a great place to leave our review of the game itself. A couple more talking points when we come back, but right now, it's time for your four-word review. Homesdale Radio, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Danny Graham Bunn, Anfield is our fortress. Peter Bennett, Eagles are flying again. Matt Mitchell, Palace the Giant Killers. John Merriweather, hey, hey, calm down. 
Dan Simmons, Beteke Tops, Cop Flops. Michaela Curtis, you have been alladiced. Ian Lyons, Big Ben strikes again. Pete Mounzer, rather bloody good performance. Nick Ray, alladiced for Prime Minister. Ben Hilton, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, cheers. Peter Hostagny, three consecutive Anfield wins. Nick Gillard, Sam Allardyce for England. Lisa, tactical now, beat Scouts. Ben Flurry, Anfield humiliated once again. Andy Walker, Anfield's red and blue. Body Butler, Lucky Nickers, demolish Scouts. Is that a spectacular? My favourite, Mummy White, was never in doubt. Jack Goodenough, Scouser's son is by Ben Teckers. Listen to House the Right, there we go. Um, we're going to talk now a little bit about um, the sort of, well, it, it sort of started as a topic called Missing Sacco because obviously that was the concern from most of the uh, most of the Palace fans before the game. Sacco can't play, we're going to, you know, we're going to be conceded left, right and centre because he's the sort of glue that knits us together. But I suppose, guys, the, the game we saw today proves that that's not quite the case in that clearly he's instrumental in adding a degree of confidence and, and you know, he's a superb defender and will walk back in that team now he's available again. But what we've seen is is a, an up... Well, a, a level of performance, should we say, from particular Martin Kelly, who, you know, we, we've talked, we've, we've given some negative sort of comments on this show before about Martin Kelly, but also praised him in the past quite a lot as well. But he he looks comfortable again. He looks confident. He looks like a proper defender. So why is this? What's happened there, Patrick? You know, we, Sacco wasn't in the team, but the team didn't change. We didn't look at any particular... You know I mean? We, we expected to be like we were before Sacco, didn't we? Yeah, a bit. And um, just going to chat with him real quick. Uh, Eagle Simo says, Sacco missing equals player step up. And that's what I'm going to start off from. I agree with that. I think what you're seeing, again, I'm going to go back to Allardyce and Sam Lee again, is that the players know their role and everyone knows what their job is and it's become 100% more of a team than the Palace teams were in the past. I think a great example is, is Martin Kelly. Um, we all, I mean, I'm not going to say we all. I slated Kelly for playing when he played right back and he was awful, but... We bought him as a centre-half and he never really got a chance to play there because obviously Dan and Delaney were playing well together and, um, you know, we needed a right-back when, when Ward was on at left-back, etc. But Kelly's a perfect example of a play. If you put him in the right position, give him a little confidence, look how he's played the last few matches. And again, the guy when we bought him was an England international. At least I think played one game for England. So, technically an international based on that alone. But, uh, it, 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 again, it, it's the team stepping up. It's the, the back four. It's Milivojevic, it's the midfield, it's punching, it's Townsend. And by the way, Town- shout out to Townsend today. Brilliant job again, tracking back. Didn't know he had it in him you know, prior to Allardyce coming yeah. out. Before he came in, he didn't. He never did it. I thought uh, last year, Yannick was brilliant tracking back. And I think Townsend surpassed Yannick because he, his defensive work has been brilliant. And same thing for, for Wilf. And again, when you've got Benteke up front holding the ball up and, you know, gave us an outlet. I mean, it's just, I think, again, it's, it's Sacco's definitely a big part of it, Chris. But it's definitely more... It's a huge team effort, and I'll give a little credit there to the goalkeeper, even though he hasn't had a lot to do in the last few matches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were going to bring that one up today. Yeah, it's not worth nah, it. Let's not bother. Time anymore, yeah, no, let's not bother. But uh, and that's, again, that wasn't anything disrespectful. We were just going to talk, you know, about the fact that 
that you know Wayne because of the way the team have have played of late, he hasn't actually have to make make many saves. In fact, he hasn't made a save today, has he? Chris, I'll, I'll just leave the stats very quickly. Against Liverpool, one shot on target, um, one goal. Um, that was today, obviously. Uh, Leicester, two shots on target, two goals. Arsenal, three shots on target, none in the second half. So in those three matches that we got points out of, the goalie had nothing to do. Again, it's not his fault, but it's just a fact. Going back to Chelsea, 20, now Chelsea game, different, different. Yeah, grade. superb. 20, 24 superb. shots, 11, 11 on target. He was absolutely brilliant in that game. Southampton, 25 shots, 9 on target again. But again, so like I said, uh, Chelsea, phenomenal. But let's, again, not to kill him, let's not go crazy about Hennessy in the last three matches because he had that lot to do with that. To me, it's all about the team defending as a team. Yeah. Well, there you go. That that taken that on as well, Dio. That shows the evidence that it's the system and it's it's the way everyone's fighting for each other. But just a word from you on um on the fact that Kelly's now is well for you is Kelly now preferred over Damo? Is that is that the situation Ooh. for you as well? Seems to be the same for seems to be the same for uh, for Allardyce. Yeah, 100%. I think I'd rather have Kelly playing than Damien Delaney. I think Damien Delaney's legs have stopped working as they <laughs> stop <laughs> yeah. working. They have really. <laughs> That, oh no, that, nah, <laughs> yeah, I think his 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 time his his time's up at the club. I think playing Kelly there and side centre back uh, is a good decision by uh, Allardyce yeah, because that's his preferred role, and it's very hard for him now because Kelly's playing good, Tomkins playing good, Saka's playing good. So who are you gonna actually start in the line? Well, because... It's got Dad's fit as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's very hard, and it's a good thing though because we, we was conceding lots of ridiculous goals, but now we're just uh, struggling to fit who to who to start. It's it's, it's a good thing. But I will say the art. Uh... In his defence, slightly when he's come on in the the time to come in, 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 in as a sub, he's been brilliant. He's done a really good job, so I give him credit for that. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent, I agree with you. Uh, Dio, one of the one of uh, we've got this tweet from uh, Giles Paley Phillips, fantastic uh, writer of children's books, actually. Giles, uh, he's uh, he's pointed out that uh, Palace's dressing room were drowning out Klopp's interview with some classic tunes. Ain't nobody by Shaka Khan. Do you know that one? Nah. That's, a, that's such a great song, seriously. It really is. It's not when you've hear, heard Mario sing it, but there Mario. You go. <laughs> Mario, oh. sorry, that's, that's his secret Xbox name. Apologies. It is. The, uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to sing that. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'm not sorry. It's actually good. Yeah, I'm not sorry. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, on the next topic, you had a um, message on Facebook from a Tim Davis asking if we think we're safe. It kind of ties in with what our our next topic was going to be, which is what what tough running. And I think we had that as a full word review as well earlier on as well. Exactly. You know, we were all talking about this horrendous running we've got, but we made it look easy. Uh, so taking Tim Tim's question on DR, do you think we're safe? I think we are, but I just have this thing. If Swans win, they're going to be right uh, four points behind us. And uh, No, they're not actually. Sorry, I got confused. If Swans are, yeah, actually they are. If Swans are win, they're going to be four points behind us. And it's just that psychological thing that when four points, it's not that much of a difference. But then, yeah. It's, yeah. Sorry, yeah, go finish on, go on, finish on, finish. Go ahead. I'm going I'm to retort that in a second. I'm sorry, finish your point. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Four points, uh, four points is, it's not that much as a, as a win and draw. But then again, four points and then they've, they've got hard games coming up and also if you look at the other teams around us there if we're if we're not safe then so are most of the top 10 not safe so i think yeah we're we are safe but just psychologically 
I just get worried every time someone's a win because they just it feels like we're right into it. Yeah, I see what you mean. Patrick? Yeah, that makes me laugh. I mean, I gotta admit that that whole we're not safe thing is very funny. I thought we were safe before today, but again, let's look at let's look at the, the hard numbers. Um Swansea are they are seven points behind us. But remember, there are four five teams ahead of five teams between us and Swansea now. Bournemouth, West Ham, Leicester, Burnley, and Hull. They all have a much, much worse goal difference than we do. We've got 38 points. We should be looking up, and I mean way up, to like West Brom, they're looking down. There's no way we're going down this year. I don't, I'm not, I don't want to hear the Oldham stuff. That's ridiculous. Uh, and more importantly, you pointed out a very good point. Their running is very, very difficult um, compared to, again, we talk about tough running with us, but their running, Swansea's running is very difficult. If you give me one second, I'll tell you what it is, because it's not, it's not going to be one they're going to be looking forward to. Oh, they have... Man United, Everton, Sunderland, West Brom. They only remember they only, we have a game in uh, a game advantage because of the Spurs game. So that's a very tough running. Very quickly, I'll give you Hull's running, which is equally difficult. They have um, Southampton, Sunderland, us, and Tottenham. Slightly easy, obviously, but Southampton will not be easy. Sunderland, they'll win. We're going to beat them because it's an away game. They never win away. Then you got Tottenham. Tottenham will definitely be going for at least second. They're not going to go first. So my point is, they'll be lucky to get six more points. And six points right now will give Hull 39. That says we don't get another point, which is, <laughs> that's not going to happen. So we're, we're more than safe. Again, if Watford, if West Brom can finish eighth, Southampton ninth and Watford tenth, we can finish in that, in, that, in that bracket this year. There's no doubt about it for me anyway. We're definitely safe, by the way. Definitely safe. Well, there you go. Definitely safe from Patrick. You know, I, I agree, but I also agree with the, the players' approach and the management approach of just saying oh, I, I love it's it. not done yet. You know, it's not done yet. And not only that, when it is done, we're not interested in saying, OK, well, brilliant, we're safe, we get to play again next season in the Premier League. We'll be looking at where where can we finish. And the fact that we're in 12th now shows you just how good our form has been of late. Uh, there's a few sides that are just coasting to the end of the season. Stoke, one of them Let in me, particular. Oh, my God. That is uh, yesterday. I mean, I, I didn't care because I knew we'd, we'd do well today or get something. But I'm telling you, that Stoke performance was pathetic. Did they pay an out if missed that penalty kick? Because that was so... And Watford? Are they yeah. on the beach already? I mean, go play golf with just, you know, forfeit the rest of your matches. Because that's, that's just not on. I, I, that I couldn't take. I mean, Watford and Stoke yesterday was just... That was... that was. I give Bournemouth credit for their 4 their win. But the rest of the... Watford and Stoke was, was embarrassing yesterday. It really was. It was. And, you know, we've been on the wrong end of that before with, uh, with <laughs> yeah, teams exactly. just laying down and dying. Yeah. So, we, yeah. so we get relegated. So, no, it was, exactly. it was... Yeah, it brought back some horrible memories yesterday. But like you say, today has kind of just made that just... Yeah, it's no longer an irritation. It's just a, you know, we're just laughing at them, really. But they, that's an opportunity for us if, if we're, as we push on. You know, look, we've we've we talked about it being a horrendous running. We have beaten Chelsea, we have beaten Arsenal, and, and really beat Arsenal, and we've now beaten Liverpool at Anfield. It's, you know, Chris, this is these are big big times. Me. Yeah, yeah, and and and. And let's uh, let's not forget, you know, we get we've got Spurs at Sellers on Wednesday. We're a much better team at Sellers these days. It's an evening game. Yes, they're they're after, you know, a, a high finish, but they won't be relishing it because we we've t- we've t- we've taken on three big sides, you know, who are chasing down big prizes, and we've beaten them. And, and Tottenham, you know, exactly. Tottenham will not be relishing that. So that's another opportunity to really have another a, a big influence on the league. And let's not forget, we've got Man United and Man City as well. Oh, we, you yes. know, we're now going into those games looking forward to ruining their season. Not <laughs> exactly. That is so, great. so it's, it's a great place to be. 
Okay, last little bit before we end that nine so Mikey can watch Line of Duty. Man of the match, please, DR. Uh, ben Teke. Patrick. Um, Schlupp had a great game. Townsend played well, but i got to give Ben Teke two goals that we really needed and they were in front against his old team. Brilliant performance by Ben Teke. Definitely Ben Teke for me. Yeah, Ben Teke for me as well, but special mentions to Goodbye, Punch and, and Tompkins. Yes, that's yes, good point. Also did brilliantly. Okay, sorry we couldn't get to any more of your contact. Thank you to everybody who got in touch today. Hope you enjoyed the show, which was hastily put together uh, after us enjoying a win. And I've probably had at least one too many beers to really be doing this. But it's good. It's happy days. <laughs> Thank you so much for all your contact. Thank you for listening. Uh, listen to Terence's preview show. should be being recorded midweek. Uh, usually done on a Wednesday, but obviously we're playing Spurs. So I guess it'll probably be on mm. Thursday. Review preview show, Chris, maybe? Potentially. We haven't discussed it yet. <laughs> so uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But, uh, do, get, do get involved in that. And obviously we'll be back guess next Sunday. <laughs> so hard to remember. <laughs> but probably. See you then. Bye. Every picture tells a story. Keep up to date with ours on Instagram at Homesdale Radio. Homesdale Radio. Sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Mike Oxmoor. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.